My name is Pedro Mujabafid, and we at TMC aim to discuss and inform students regarding topics which aren't covered well in medical school. This interview series is aimed at answering the questions that medical students, interns, and doctors-to-be have regarding the various career pathways for medical graduates. Now, the views and opinions expressed here are purely personal and are not reflective or representative of the stance of any employer, college, medical service, endorsement, or other person. All right, let's start the show. Hey everyone, today we're discussing uh, the radiology specialty with Dr. Da Cheng Liu, who is a radiology registrar. Hey Da Cheng, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. When did you decide radiology was a specialty for you? Uh, it was probably back in medical school. I was in my third or fourth year of training and it was at that time we were considering our AMS year, which was our research year as part of, part of our course. and. I wanted to do something that I might be interested in for the future and I thought radiology was a good specialty in terms of um, you get a bit of exposure to technology as well as um, exposure to all kinds of medical specialties so I wanted to um, get involved in that field. Yeah and what kind of medical student were you as uh, during your formative years? <laughs> I was um, probably quite the lazy medical student I would say um my friends I guess would definitely describe me as that I definitely didn't attend quite a few lectures and um just kind of cruised along med school and uh I would say probably just did the bare minimum yeah would you say that that's affected uh your progression or your career or your choices or anything like that would you do things differently initially I thought it definitely would have affected my career, but um, on hindsight now, um, I'm not sure exactly how much it would have affected it. I, it definitely affected my internship options um, as the big hospitals really concentrated on your marks, which I didn't have very good marks. But after your internship, I feel that your opportunities really open up and um, even the big hospitals were looking for um residents from other hospitals and uh yeah and i think in my second year i moved from frankston hospital to saint saint vincent's i think that's a big misconception that people have where everyone puts so much focus and stress on their intern year but actually in the grand scheme of things it's really just one year out of a potential like a 40 year definitely yeah um i think from an internship point of view definitely you have limited options but I find that after that a lot of people move around to to two different hospitals if they feel that they're not happy in one hospital or they feel they'll have more further job job prospects in in other hospitals Um, so yeah I think there's a lot of moving around after internship and um, as people choose say they start in the surgical pathway but they don't feel like can continuing with that and they drop out then more job options open up like that so would you say your experience in medical school and i guess the clinical schools that you're affiliated with do they play a part in where you go especially in your first one or two years as an intern or as a resident um i think in terms historically i've heard that um, say St. Vincent generally take their own clinical school students. Um, Royal Melbourne and Austin, I think, take anyone. 
um, and Frankson at that, at that time took anyone as well and they didn't really focus too much on my marks so that's that's how I got there um, but generally during my year which was quite a few like five or six years ago now that the Melbourne Uni hospitals took more Melbourne Uni kids and Monash took more Monash kids yeah how important would you say extracurricular activities are in applying for jobs, especially as an intern? Are they? Uh, we're told that I guess hospitals often look at these sorts of things to see what kind of person you are, as opposed to just a medical student. So that you're not just gunning for grades, and you're actually capable of doing other things. But then there's conflicting evidence regarding that. Uh, I think, um, from what I've experienced, I feel that having a more well-rounded personality and uh, just being able to show and portray during the interview that um, you're not only driven but that you'll be easy to get along with as well because one important thing is they want to be able to have doctors that work well together as a team and not um, just push others to to one side just to show off how good they are I feel like uh, medicine is quite a team orientated profession and uh, that's the kind of people especially when you're looking at uh, specializing that um that the college and those people choosing who to take on are thinking in the long term who what kind of people they want to work with for the next few decades because that's the people that they'll be associating with so I guess it comes back to the who can you have a beer with yeah and be yeah, comfortable yeah, as opposed yeah. to yeah because in terms of knowledge base and things that will come with time eventually um i don't think anyone is like quotation mark like stupid enough um if you're already in medicine i feel like you're at a certain level already and um knowledge will come but i think personality and social skills they don't come as as easily sure great Please make sure to complete the survey for this episode. We want to make sure the episodes are as useful as possible, and the surveys help us to monitor whether they're making an impact on our fellow peers. It only takes 30 seconds and it helps more than you can imagine. The link can be found on our Facebook and our blog. That's it from us. See you in the next episode. Now back to the show. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your journey, what stage of your career you're up to now and how you've gotten here? Yeah, sure. So I initially went to med school at Melbourne Uni in 2006. I then went on to do my internship at Frankston Hospital in 2012. Um, And then after that, I applied for a surgical residency job at St. Vincent's. And I started working actually halfway through 2013 in my HMO2 year. And then I stayed there till the end of 2014. I then began my radiology training at Alfred Hospital in 2015, and I've been there since. Uh, so yeah. How competitive would you say your field is at the moment? Uh, I feel like most medical specialties now, especially with extra um, medical students coming through, they're all quite competitive. Radiology itself uh, is also definitely quite competitive. I think coming off the numbers last year, there were about 150 uh, 
applicants to Alfred Hospital specifically for um, three positions. So it, it's definitely quite competitive nowadays. That number seems to be quite large, especially in comparison to a few other specialties. So 150 applicants for three mm. positions, that's a bit ridiculous. I mean, what what prospect does one have if they're part of that 150 and they don't get in? Actually, now, now think about it, 150 applicants, I would say they apply to all the hospitals in Victoria and possibly even interstate. So those are the candidates that would be interested in doing radiology in Victoria itself, there are about 17 to 18 radiology training positions across six hospitals. So I guess the numbers, they are a bit better. And um, also there are the other options of going interstate as well for radiology training. So I guess if you take 150 applicants and you say there's about 18 spots, that's just over 10% of people being accepted on a yes. yearly basis. Yes. So if you wanted to stay in Victoria, is it... And is it fair to say that you might be looking at like a 10-year wait potentially or um, I, I guess if you're at the bottom of the wait. crop? Yeah, like I would say um, the more years you apply, I guess it also shows that you're very dedicated to that specialty and you're interested in it. And as the years go on, um, you're continually trying to improve your CV by doing research, by, by doing e extra courses and as such. And I guess as time progresses, your CV will progressively look much better than s someone who's just begun applying for radiology. Yeah, that makes, that makes a bit more sense. It is. It does still seem quite, I guess, almost like a far-fetched idea to get in. Is that how it was when you applied as well, or uh, when I applied, it was I think, a hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty applicants. I, I was told by our senior registrar the next year, and they interviewed. Uh, they shortlisted ten to fifteen candidates and interviewed them for two or three positions. Okay. At the Alfred specifically, but there would be other options at, at other hospitals too. I definitely agree with what you're saying that uh, just now, just with the, I guess, the general environment, it's just hard to get into almost any specialty, um, which is a bit of a shame given that there are a lot more medical students coming through. Mm, definitely. Um, just looking at the, the numbers, even uh, I think getting an, an internship is a bit of a challenge these days and uh, the college only has a certain amount of positions av available to give out each each year. So there's definitely a big bottleneck building up. Yeah, and there definitely are students missing out on internships. We've already had a few, um, a lot of especially international students who aren't able to get places purely because of how many students there are, which is quite sad. Mm. What does your typical day as a radiology registrar involve? Okay, um, it depends, I guess, on how far into the training you are. Um, a typical radiology registrar who's kind of beyond the initial training, uh, you would come in around 8 to 8.30 in the morning, depending on which hostel you were at, possibly earlier if you had to take a early, a early medical or surgical meeting. Um, but the general day starts around 8 or 8.30 and um, depending on what which modality you would be allocated to such as fluoroscopy, CT, ultrasound, 
you would go to that specialty and um, spend half the day. So between 8.30 to usually one o'clock, you would be in one modality. And then in the art, you would have, say at the Alfred, we have a one hour protected lunch break, but that's not the case with uh, other hospitals, but we're lucky to have, to, ha to have that one hour. And then from two o'clock to five, five o'clock, we would go to a different modality such as ultrasound and um, yeah, just so our, our day is divided into morning and afternoon shifts, I guess you, you could say. And do you find that provides you with a good variety of work or is, does it, is it all kind of, I guess, not matter to you whether you're doing one or the other? Oh, de uh, definitely. I think that's one of the uh, advantages of doing radiology is that you get such uh, varied work. So say in CT, you could be reporting inpatient CTs, um, tra trauma C CTs. You could be doing CT-guided procedures like e epidural injections, uh, nerve rooting injections. You could be doing CT-guided gui lung biopsies, bone, bone biopsies, liver biopsies. And say if you went to ultrasound, you'll be doing different things like ultrasound, abdomens, you, you could be doing obstetrics or gynecological ultrasounds and you could do ultrasound procedures like acetic and pleural, pleural taps on, and, and all kinds of biopsies. So I think definitely um, radiology in terms of variety is quite good um, and you also get a mixture of procedure work and reporting work. And in terms of going to meet meetings, you kind of involved in all medical specialties, so you get a whole wide range of, of of different cases too. I think that's one of the benefits of radiology, where that you get to interact with essentially everyone in the hospital, all teams, eventually order yeah. some kind of imaging, and you get to interact with them uh, quite frequently. Like you said, having those yeah, meetings and whatnot. That, yeah, that's right. So eventually you kind of get to know all the different registrars and and consultants in the hospital so yeah it's um it's a pretty good in terms of that would you say you, your core knowledge of i guess anatomy and just uh how the body works and whatnot needs to be higher than other specialties given that you're essentially just looking at an image and drawing conclusions from it and i guess that must be quite a difficult thing to do especially in the beginning yeah, I think definitely your knowledge of an anatomy uh, needs to be quite good, but I think that can come with your first year's training because in first year, as part of the kind of pre prerequisite for most hospitals, is you sit the part the part one radiology exams, which are anatomy and physics. So during during that first few months, you'll be intensively studying your anatomy. And, um, and and after that, I think your basic anatomy should should be enough to interpret all the mod modalities and all the I imaging. Um, I guess also surgical anatomy and radiological anatomy can be different um, in terms of looking at a CT or a, a MRI. You don't actually see the patient physically; you just see axial or or coronal or sagittal planes of the patient which are in slices and you don't feel for anatomical landmarks as such so it can be a bit different to surgical anatomy yeah that's yeah what would you say is the most rewarding part about your specialty uh, i think the most rewarding part um 
would be you get as I said before you get a bit of you get a bit of everything and uh, you get to be involved in all the specialties and um, see what kind of interesting cases they have and also in terms of doing procedures and things I personally get a lot of um, satisfaction from doing procedures such as in fluoroscopy doing a simple shoulder hydrodilatation for a frozen shoulder and the patient immediately gets relief after the procedure and you feel quite uh, satisfied in um, being able to help 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 someone and have immediate results and conversely what would you say is the part of your job that is most difficult to deal with or that you struggle with the most uh, I think a lot of the times um, as um, C CTs and just radiology and imaging in general become more popular and um, more often p performed there can be a lot of over imaging and one of our roles as a radiologist is to kind of be um, the gatekeeper to over imaging our patients and therefore exposing them to unnecessary radiation risks and I feel that um, it can be hard at times when discussing with the referring cl cl clinician as to does the patient really need this type of scan and is this type of scan the right modality um, it can be hard to kind of get your point across and uh, and it, and at times you kind of just say all right well it's too hard to argue with, with this with this doctor so we'll just do the scan and um, so at times it's it, that can be hard one of the things that we got told in medical school is uh if every imaging uh, modality that you order picks something up, then you're probably not ordering enough because you're missing some some bits here and there. Is that something that you'd agree with, or? Um, I, I guess I can see the the reasoning to that, but at other times, um, I think imaging and things is strictly based on um, the protocols of that hospital or that department and um, at times it's just people are simply ordering images and, and or CT scans and I don't know why they're ordering that scan and when, when it comes when the request comes to us and we want to discuss why that CT is being ordered it can be hard when even the ordering clinician does not know why they're just following a graph or a, or, a, or a guideline so at, at those times it can, can be challenging. Are you able to specialize in the field of radiology? Um, so I, I, my understanding is that for example one of the things that you can do is work internationally for example in the UK where you're reporting on images that are uh, taken in other countries and due to the time difference you're able to report overnight um, in Australia, whereas it's, for example, in the daytime over there. So things similar to that, are there other specialties or other, I guess, niches that you can go into? Uh, so the overseas reporting is if you're part of a private reporting company and um, that company sends you overseas and pro provides the accommodation and travel, travel expenses. And I guess it works out better for them to do that instead of hiring someone and paying them overtime rates to report o overnight cases. Um, in terms of other niche specialties, um, I think interventional radi radiology is 
rapidly expanding and um they're doing a lot of interesting things such as neuro intervention with clot retrievals for stroke especially at royal melbourne um and also just embolizations of of aneurysms and um and so i think uh interventional radiology is expanding um and in terms of subspecializing in radiology you can subspecialize in all sorts of things such as neuro head and neck musculoskeletal abdominal so it's quite quite varied in terms of your subspecialties in radiology a good follow-on question for that is where do you see the field in five to ten years where do i see the field in five to ten years i feel like there are talks of um companies trying to make software programs that can automatically detect abnormalities say on a chest x-ray or even on a ct i think in five to ten years time it might be hard for a program to be able to interpret a ct possibly they'll be able to recognize what a normal chest x-ray may be i think uh, more of a radiologist role is to um impart um their opinions about certain films so that it's valuable to the referring clinician in terms of it will change their management plans and to be able to discuss cases with with them and um not just be able to describe what they find but give differential diagnoses and um just be able to input clinically i guess i think the biggest uh caveat with a machine doing all of that is they don't have the experience that a clinician would have and they don't i mean i guess that gut feeling that doctors get and often go by which ends up being right you can't really teach a machine that uh, that's right so i guess um it may be able to rule out what a normal scan is but um when it picks up something abnormal you may may just come come to us i'm not too sure yeah it's similar to when you take an ecg with an ecg machine and up the top it gives you a whole random bunch of things that it thinks is wrong with the patient but everyone always disregards that and goes and interprets it themselves that's right yeah If there's any doctors you'd like us to interview, or if there's any questions you'd like asked, please shoot us a message. We listen and respond to every single message that comes through. How would you say your work-life balance is at the moment? Uh, I'd say it's quite good at the moment. Um, I go to work at 8.30 and I finish usually between 5 to 5.30 and I come home and it's my own time at night. at times there are after our sh- shifts where we do in after the normal eight to five shift we stay till from five to two ten to report emergency ct scans um and occasionally one in every i would say five to six weeks we do a weekend shift either a saturday or a sunday from 8 a.m to 8 p.m it sounds like you've got quite a, a stable and predictable number of work hours. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm quite happy with my hours, yeah. Yeah. And do you get to 
use a lot of your free time for family and friends or do you find that you're doing a lot of work stuff out of work hours? Uh, as a registrar, I think um, you definitely out of work, you still have to keep studying because in terms of radiology, there's exams in first year and fourth year. So um, you kind of have to keep studying in your free time. But I think once you've passed those exams and you're a fully fledged consultant, then yeah, you, your after hours times is your is would be your own time. Do you find the study to be quite stressful, and or is it more manageable? I think it's quite manageable. Um, in terms of the first year exams, anatomy and physics, you just kind of got to put the workload in. And in terms of second part exams, you have two and a bit years to study for those so you can kind of spread it out to be not like a too heavy of a load yeah and uh how many hours of sleep do you would you say you're getting a night on a regular <laughs> basis um hours of sleep i guess it depends on what you do in your own time um, i personally sleep around midnight and i would get up at uh 6.30 to 7 o'clock. So I guess I get about 6 to six to 7 hours of sleep. Yeah, that sounds, like, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What role uh, would you say mentorship has in the progression from medical student to doctor? I, as because I was kind of in, interested in radiology, I definitely did a fair amount of research with radiologists and um, through doing that that research I had quite a bit of interaction with them and I did ask them specifically what, what their lifestyle was like and what being a, radi a, a radiologist was like and also in terms of uh, applying for positions and things I was lucky enough to get a radiologist to be one of my referrals so um, I, I guess in that way they were kind of like my mentors yeah, so it seems like it wasn't a formal mentorship of any no, kind, no. but it was, uh, I guess, a, an understanding where you're both, you're, they were essentially helping you, yes, giving yes. you advice and whatnot. Yeah, trying, and, trying to give me more more of an in, insight into the radiology world, yeah. And would you say that's important in helping you decide what you want to do? I think so, yes. And I think in terms of deciding what you want to do is heavily impacted on um, the rotations that that you do as an intern and as a resident and what kind of um, uh, e experiences that you've gained from doing those rotations as if you had a positive rate as I found that if I have a positive rotation in a certain specialty then I would can can I would really consider if I wanted to do that for my future but for negative e experiences I generally tend to not think about doing that as a f future specialty yeah now, you knew quite early on in your career uh, as a medical student that you wanted to do radiology, but there's a big chunk of people who really don't know and are unsure about how to go about finding out. Would you say, uh, given the current environment where it's quite competitive, it's disadvantageous not to know what you want to do because you're not able to undergo that specialist research topics and getting to know your, the people in the field and getting that kind of advice from them? I mean, for example, me personally, I don't really know what I want to do at the moment, and so I can't really latch on to a particular person in a field. I mean, there's certainly doctors that I see that I'm like, oh, you're a great doctor, I would love to, for example, be like you. But there's no one that I can say, oh, you're, 
this group of people are in my field, let me talk to them or let me do research with them and whatnot. So would you say that that's disadvantageous? Um, I guess during med school and not knowing what specialty you want to do is not particularly di- disadvantage. I mean, disadvantageous, but um, I guess as time goes on and like a few years into your after graduating and you might not know exactly what you want to do and during that time you may be of a disadvantage to you to to not know Um, but I feel like during medical school and not knowing what specialty you want to do is perfectly fine because you haven't had that exposure to the specialties yet but once you've had the exposure I feel like then you really need to knuckle down and pick which field that you at, at, at least know if you want to do surgical or medical or other sub subspecialties. I guess that makes sense because the uh, large majority of our working life is going to be essentially as a consultant and it's a very small portion, maybe a total of six years or seven years or even maybe 10 years where you're in that junior position finding yeah. your particular role, whereas yeah. potentially maybe 30, 40 years of your life is spent doing your consultancy. Mm, yeah, so yeah. it's a bit unfair in, in that way, yeah. Yeah, so would you encourage students who don't know to explore? Because, I mean, we get given a certain number of rotations, and you might go through those rotations depending on what university you're at. You might be, for example, at only the one hospital, or you might be at different hospitals, Or but the hospitals, for example... Uh, give you really long rotations in the one field so you, in a total course of a year you don't actually get exposed to that many do you have any tips for people for exposing themselves to other things uh, without I guess uh, within the constraints of what a university allows but I guess trying to maximize your time in a hospital system yeah I feel like um, being a, me- a medical student um, you don't necessarily have to be um, 24 hour attached to that unit that you're assigned to. I think um, as working as a resident or registrar, um, any time that, that any medical student comes along, I, I think people would be generally be happy to take, take them along and show them what we're doing. And I think you definitely just don't always go along with that team. You can go and go into other departments and just introduce yourself and say I'm trying to see what other specialties do and do you mind if I just observe and I'm sure they wouldn't have any big objections to that. Yeah so essentially just putting yourself out there and yeah. trying to I guess take into your own hands to expose yourself Definitely, to everything. Yeah, because hos- hospitals or universities may not um, proactively tell you to do that yeah. Yeah that makes sense. One last question. What advice would you have wanted to know yourself as an intern? Um, I guess not necessarily advice that would have made a huge difference, but at least would have helped in terms of uh, making my internship more smoother is um, just knowing that being an intern, you your, your primary role is simply to facilitate um, the smooth running of your team so um, in terms of chasing up re- results getting um, scans done chasing up blood tests and, and all that so you just need to be very organized um, and be on on be on the ball with um, all, all, all of that so that when you're 
so that it makes your registrar's life much easier and i think that basically is what makes a good intern to be very well organized so i guess um i learned that as i did my internship yeah (laughs) yeah great uh anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners of the show uh i think just make the most of your your time and just try and get as much exposure and experience to the different specialties as you can i i personally would be very uh welcoming if a, if a medical student came and just sat next to me and just i'll like i'm i'm sure most um registrars and and residents would be happy to just um show them exactly what that specialty involves and especially i've i've had first and third year medical students with me where just took them took them around the department and um just showed them some basic x-rays and things so i guess um yeah just try and be open to different uh ideas of different specialties and um you might be surprised yeah great thank you so much for coming on no thanks for having me That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to keep in touch with us through social media. Our handle is at the med collab. That's T-H-E-M-E-D-C-O-L-L-A-B on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our podcast for our weekly release. All right, guys. See you next week.